That movie sucked. I kind of liked it. Movie Night Crew Network. If Harry had thought that matters would improve once everyone got used to the idea of him being champion, the following day showed him how mistaken he was. He could no longer avoid the rest of the school once he was back at lessons. And it was clear that the rest of the school, just like the Gryffindors, thought Harry had entered himself for the tournament. Unlike the Gryffindors, however, they did not seem impressed. The Hufflepuffs, who were usually on excellent terms with the Gryffindors, had turned remarkably cold toward the whole lot of them. One herbology lesson was enough to demonstrate this. It was plain that the Hufflepuffs felt that Harry had stolen their champion's glory, a feeling exacerbated perhaps by the fact that Hufflepuff House very rarely got any glory and that Cedric was one of the few who had ever given them any, having beaten Gryffindor once at Quidditch. What's up, potheads? Welcome to the Restricted Section, the show in which a bunch of nerds with potty mouths reread the Harry Potter series for the umpteenth time and discuss the way that the story and its themes have stayed with a generation into adulthood. Thank you for listening. If you haven't done the reading, don't worry. We did it for you. Here's what we're talking about today. Chapter 18, The Weighing of the Wands. So Harry is having a hard time at school. Cue the absolute worst falter montage ever. The whole school is being absolutely shitty to him. Harry and Malfoy get into a fight before potions class and then Snape lays out some of his most offensive psychological child abuse in the entire series on poor Hermione. Luckily, or maybe unluckily, Harry gets summoned out of class to do a wand weighing and have his picture taken. Rita fucking Skeeter steals him away for an incredibly unethical interview. And then Ollivander deems everyone's wands fine, even if he didn't make them all himself. After dinner, Harry finally gets a letter back from Sirius about his entry into the Triwizard Tournament. Welcome to the Restricted Section, where every single fucking adult fucking sucks all the fucking time. <laughs> I am a thrill to be joined by my quippy friend, Brooke. Say hello to the listeners, Brooke. Hi, um, how is everyone doing today? And by everyone, I mean literally just you two, because I am, in fact, unable to hear listener answers. <laughs> <laughs> listeners, shout out your answers now. Tell swiper no swiping. <laughs> <laughs> I'm super stoked because our special guest today is friend of the pod, Brooke Bixler. Say hello to the listeners, Brooke. Hi, everyone. Um, the second Brooke on this podcast. Happy to be here. <laughs> B-O-T-B, not Battle of the Bastards, Battle of the Brooks. Battle of the Brooks. <laughs> also, maybe Battle of the Bastards. I don't know you well enough, other Brook, yet. That's fair. Um, but I definitely <laughs> fall into that category, so. <laughs> Who's to say? <laughs> so, Brooke, um, yeah, Brooke is a friend that I have from playing D&D, um, and I'm really excited to get you on to talk about Harry Potter. Tell us a little bit about your very, very Harry history. <laughs> yeah, so um, I actually started reading Harry Potter when it first came out, but I was super young at the time. So by reading, I mean my older sister used to sit down and read it to me um, because it was oh, before so I could sweet. read. So it was, uh, wow. in theory, it's very sweet, but I was I was a little bitch at the time because I would be like, I can't, I'm <laughs> four. I don't want to sit down and listen to anything. <laughs> um, but no, it did get me into the world of reading and, and Harry Potter at a young age. So um, fell in love. I've probably read the series cover to cover maybe like 
five times now and I also have listened to it on Audible um, just mainly because I find Jim Dale's voice so soothing. Um, So like if I'm driving or doing housework, I just put on Harry Potter in the background and it makes me feel better. Absolutely. My best friend, um, Emily, like doesn't even fuck with Harry Potter, but she listens to it to fall asleep. And I I mean, (laughs) I just love that. Jim Dale has the perfect uh, reading voice. So yeah, um, love Harry Potter. Also kind of a huge Anglophile. I love British culture. Um, Love. I've been to London a couple times. Love it there. Um, I've been to the Harry Potter studio tour in London. A couple of times, and yet I've still never made it to Universal Studio to go to oh, wow. the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, which um, yeah. I'm hoping to make it soon, maybe after COVID, if it ever ends. Yeah. So, yeah. But that's just a little bit about me. That's awesome. What what um Hogwarts house would you say you identify most as? I, I've taken the sorting quiz multiple times, and I've always fallen into Gryffindor, but I feel like as I get older... Um, I tend to lean more Hufflepuff. Um, oh my god, that's the exact same <laughs> journey I'm on. So yes, I definitely feel like I am outgoing and everything. So I I, I do fall into Gryffindor, um, but I I definitely feel like I I am more of a Hufflepuff these days. So yes, puff power. Yeah, no shame. What's your zodiac sign? I'm an Aries. Um, oh, interesting. Yes. So uh, I do have I a very like fiery <laughs> fiery personality. Um, yeah. Um, but no, it's interesting, actually. Like, my whole my family is four people. It's me, my sister, my mom, and my dad. And we're all different um, Hogwarts houses. So, Oh, my God. I which, love that. I would say that that's very accurate based on our personalities. Like, we're all super different. Um, so it's just funny to see, like, all four of us sorted into different houses. So... I love that so much. At my my new company, Wildling Press, there's four of us, and we're each a different Hogwarts oh my house. God. We say that that's why. First it balances. Of all, we founded a company together, so yeah. we're the four founders. <laughs> oh, and my God. Yeah, I we, love it. It makes a good team. Yeah. Um, I have a question, though. What is your Patronus? Because mine is super embarrassing. It's embarrassing? Yeah. I don't know anyone else who has ever gotten it. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what my Patronus is, Um because like I don't remember taking the test but if mm. I had to like just give myself one it would probably be a dog and like I would love for it to be like a uh, like an Akita or like yeah. a Husky but it would probably be like a Corgi Lab mix <laughs> you know like I think that is realistic <sighs> for me amazing what is yours um mine is an aardvark <laughs> <laughs> Like, didn't even think that that was a possibility to get when I took it. And I got it, oh and I was God. like, aardvark. Okay, cool. <laughs> Perhaps my favorite part about that is imagining an aardvark trying to fight a Dementor by just, like, <laughs> like what flicking do, its tongue what at What do them. they do? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, aren't they super charge. slow? Like, no, yeah, they don't charge. Slow. Yeah. I wonder if with their, like, weird little tongues, maybe they can speak parcel mouth. Maybe. I don't know how that aardvark is going to protect me, but... (laughs) Maybe your specific aardvark is just Arthur from the cartoon (laughs) Arthur. Could be. And he presents a strong library card and says through the power of learning he can vanquish them. (laughs) Or with his fist of fury from his meme. Yes. 
<laughs> it's one fist of fury. Mild fury. <sighs> yes. So that's a little bit about my background with, with Harry Potter. Always been a fan since, I love it. since day one. I got my... I actually, I worked at a movie theater in high school and college, and the main reason I applied was so I could see the Harry Potter movies early before everyone else. So. Oh, that is a great benefit. <laughs> it really was. It was great. I love uh, the job there, too. Loved it. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. Making popcorn wow. the best. <laughs> That's the life. It what, really like, was. a slick job for, like, a high schooler. Oh, yeah. Like, you just show up wearing your Converse, and you get to pop popcorn and talk to people about movies, and everyone's excited to be yes. there. So that's true. There is something to be said for working at a place that people are like choosing to be rather yeah. than like the DMV. Yeah. You know, shout yeah, out yeah. to anyone who works at the DMV. It must be hard <laughs> but for that reason. Honestly, Struggles. anti shout out to anyone that works at the DMV. You know what you fucking did. <laughs> I know. I feel the same way about like, um, like meter maids, the people who take our cars oh, downtown. Yeah, yeah, I'm, like, yeah. I'm like, I don't want to get mad at you personally. I understand this is a system, but out of all the jobs in the fucking <laughs> you world, chose this. you chose and we, my office was downtown for a long time, and there was no parking. It was mm. just two-hour street parking. So either we moved our cars every oh two God. fucking hours, or we got ticketed. And, like, obviously, we got ticketed <laughs> yeah. sometimes. I used to manage, a, a, like, a hotel in our city. And one of the other hotels had, like, a cafe where all the meter people hung out. Oh, um, when they didn't want to be outside, so and so they would sneaky. send like an, a quick email to people when the meter people left. That's hilarious! Oh my God. Wow, I'd be like, we don't like your kind here. Meter maids are out. No, they loved it because they were like, as long as they're sitting here drinking a coffee, I know they're that not my out. Guests aren't getting ticketed. My employees aren't yep. getting ticketed. I guess that's true. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> you know what they say: keep your enemies close. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> I also just wanted to wish our listeners, before we get started, a very happy New Year's. So a very happy New Year and New Year's Eve to all of our listeners. And if you have any cool resolutions, send them in. Personally, my resolution is to play more video games and sit around and do nothing with my friends more. Nice. For the past two years in a row, my resolution has been to do more things. Uh, I think two years ago was to be more creative. This year was to read more books. I did both, but now I have, I'm, it's all about balance. I'm just going to keep making resolutions go. that slightly, eventually I'll become balanced. I've never once made a New Year's resolution, so maybe this year really? my my resolution should be to make one. <laughs> um, yeah, and you don't even have to keep it, but as long as you make it, you've done I've never made it. I've always, been, yeah, I've never, never made one. Wow. What about you, BM? I don't do resolutions. I don't do New Year's. I think it's a trash holiday. Oh, yeah, I forgot that you carry that opinion. I just always go to a banging party. New Year's Eve is my least favorite holiday. Here's the Why? thing. It's always so much pressure. Yes, what? you try to Why? plan something big for New Year's Eve, and then you feel like you're sitting there stuck trying to make it a good evening because mm-hmm. you've planned it to be a good okay. evening, and it never quite lives up. This year, I am mm-hmm. going to sit at home and eat cookies with my husband on the couch. That sounds nice. <laughs> That's the thing. I I don't feel the pressure at all. I just go to the, oh. Sean and I go to the same party in town every single year. It's zero pressure. We just have to look out and get drunk. <laughs> and I love it so much. And before COVID, everyone there would make out with you on the when the ball dropped. I love Ooh. that shit. Just once a year, it's good to make out with some random hot biddies wearing rave clothes. 
Yeah. So um. the the difference there is that I don't drink alcohol and I don't like being in large groups of people. So every New Year's well, I'm not, party... I'm not directing this at you. <laughs> no, I'm just saying that like every New Year's party I've ever been invited to has been a bad experience because people feel like they can't leave those two elements out, copious yeah. alcohol and lots of people. And those are my two probably least favorite things. Yeah. Wow. See, I like... I mean, pre-COVID loved large groups of people um, and drinking. Right. I mean, I still like drinking, but... Um, <laughs> yeah, COVID, I don't think, <laughs> fixed that for anybody. No, it might have made it worse. <laughs> I think it for sure made it worse. Uh, but no, I agree with, with what the other Brooke said. I, I just feel like there's always so much pressure to have a good time and to make sure your friends are having a good time and to make sure you're going oh. to, like, the best party and all of this. So, yeah, um, the last couple of New Year's, I, I have not gone out or done anything. Um, this year, I am following that tradition as well. I'm just getting together with some of my high school friends and we're ordering food from our yeah like we're all in our hometown for the holidays so we're getting together at my friend's house we're ordering all of our favorite food from like high school days and just eating a lot and playing games and hanging out so it should be good but that sounds freaking amazing yeah it sounds really nice i did in college have like a like a three or four year run of really bad New Year's. I think like one New Year's I got cheated on. The next Ugh. year, like I I got in a car accident, and like the next year, I, this is and it, it ended the grand finale. Sorry if this is TMI with me having to get an abortion on New Year's Eve. Oh no, <laughs> on New Year's Eve, you know. Uh, time waits for no time, holiday. Time waits for <laughs> no I, holiday. Did that make sense? Did that sentence make mm-hmm. sense? <laughs> sure. <Okay. laughs> so I think I just like, over, it was like, well, it can't get worse from here. And I just like really overcame my like yeah. bad New Year's Eve. <laughs> um, well, catch me at a party. Well, you guys won't catch me other people. <laughs> Gonna have my little assy out. I just Love can't it. wait. Okay. Send pics. Before we get started, I'm going to read an email from our friend James. Hi, James. James says, hey, guys, it's James again. I don't know if this is just the American in me or the costume design in the movies, but I've always thought of the Death Eaters more like the wizard KKK than wizard Nazis like most people compare them to. I think he said that because I have referred to them as like wizard Nazis like a lot of times. Hmm. Um, And I think a lot of people do, too. They go on, especially in the Second War when they're not as organized and kind of just running around murdering people they don't like rather than systematically eliminating eliminating those they deem unworthy. Also in the way they care about blood purity and ancestry, like the KKK historically being super fucked up in that way, even within the same race. Just some thoughts. I always enjoy listening to the pod and getting the chance to have my thoughts right on air. Keep up the good work. James, you keep up the good work because this is a really good point. I think those are two really valid reasons for why they're more like the wizard KKK than wizard Nazis. Also, the KKK is like the wizard KKK because they literally call their people grand wizards. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. I did, too. It's like not even that much of a stretch. There's an excellent Behind the Bastards episode. I know we generally stand that podcast on this podcast on the origins of the KKK. And um, it's fascinating. They're, They're LARPers. Yeah, straight up. It's yeah, I recommend every episode of that pod, but specifically that one. Here's the thing, I think, why I reflexively call them wizard Nazis. I, this might be, this might be like, uh, controversial. But I think that the word Nazi is, like, pretty fun to say. But KKK <laughs> is not fun to say. That's, like, doesn't just roll off the to tongue. <laughs> it doesn't roll off the tongue. So saying wizard Nazis is, like, so much more fun than being, like, wizard KKK. 
Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. I feel that. I have never talked about the Dementors in either of those ways. <laughs> death Eaters. Death. Oh, Death, death Eaters. Eaters. That's death why eaters. I was confused. I was like, why are they calling the Dementors? Okay. Yeah. Death yeah. Dementors it's are the like, robes. I was yes. like, is it the robes? Is that why? Okay. It's death, the robes. death Eaters. Okay. Yeah, the death Eaters also have the robes. But like, honestly, how dare the KKK take robes from us as a piece of clothing? It looks so comfy. It does. Ugh. It does. Yeah. Um. Very flammable. <laughs> so yes. let's get let's get to the chapter. Um, we are talking today about chapter 18 of Goblet of Fire, The Weighing of the Wands. That's what everyone read, right? Yes, yes. Good work, good work. <laughs> so it's the day after Halloween, and Harry Potter has just been named the fourth Triwizard Champion. Hot mess, hot mess. We wake up in the middle of a friend fight. I know, it's the worst Ugh. thing. This is the worst thing. And so, like, Harry wakes up and is like, I'm going to set things right with Ron right yeah. now. And, like, Ron's not there, and he completely forever loses the momentum he felt for one <laughs> split second. <laughs> Typical Harry. <laughs> Truly. He's like, well, guess it's out of my hands. Guess I can't do anything. <laughs> um, yeah, no, friend fights really get to me. So this chapter is hard. Know. I mean, this part of the book is hard because they don't, reconnect for a while um it's like no it gets like <laughs> annoying to read it does like, Jesus, just figure it out yeah yeah but then i have to remember like how shitty i was in At high school 14, like I yeah. definitely oh I yeah definitely would have dragged out a fight like this absolutely like that's what that's the thing i remind myself too when i'm reading this is i'm like this fight is so annoying why can't they just get over it and then i'm like oh yeah they're 14 and they have hormones raging through them <laughs> Yeah. I will say that compared with last book, Hermione's emotional intelligence has grown tremendously yeah. from being like, no, fuck you, my cat is flawless, and like being <laughs> right. willing to carry on like a full grudge over like the fact that he Ron insulted her cat to yeah. being like, hey, like you have to understand, like Ron's jealous of you. He he's usually playing second fiddle to everyone. Yeah. Like you, you really need to be a little more sensitive to him and you have to bridge this gap. Yeah. yeah, straight up. Yeah, I think it's valid. But it bothers me that Ron is mad for no reason. It's like completely yeah. his own fabrication. Like, I think I would feel a little differently. Like, I got into a lot of fights because one person did something like slightly shitty to the other yeah. person and it just snowballed. But like, Harry didn't do anything. And like, it's extra annoying when Hermione is like, he doesn't even really think that you did this. Yeah. <laughs> He's just jealous. He's okay, just jealous. Okay, so this is a him problem. Oh, absolutely. Like, Ron is just struggling for attention, which I feel that. I understand. But yeah, yeah it gets it gets ridiculous. Like, especially when you have the conversation with Harry and Harry's like, Ron, I didn't put my name in. And Ron's like, you can tell me. And Harry's like, I am telling you. <laughs> I didn't like, put it why? in. <laughs> Why would I lie now? Like out of all the yeah. times that out we've of done everything shit else that's happening, I'm gonna lie right now about this one stupid thing. Ron, I have looked you straight in the face and been like, I'm hearing voices in the walls. Do you think I should be concerned? And you think I'm lying right. about this? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, and I think another indicator at Hermione's uh, like increased emotional intelligence is he comes down like from bed or whatever in the common room everyone's like clapping for him and it's a nightmare and he's like i guess i have to go down to breakfast by myself yeah. and have like the worst day of my life but she like got toast for him and is like you don't want to go yeah, there let's yeah, go yeah. take a walk 
and I that's so that nice. was really cute. I do have one question. Like maybe I'm just not British enough, but like toast isn't breakfast. I mean, like, like just a piece of toast. toast. Sometimes I just no, have toast. Just plain toast? Oh, like buttered toast. It probably has butter on it. <laughs> yeah, or some cinnamon sugar. Yeah. Yeah, probably marmalade knowing uh, the Brits. Yeah. Like quite possibly no cuz they're like walking and eating it. Yeah, just like I would probably- I would walk and eat buttered toast. I do I do it on my way to the car. I was going to say for sure. I can eat anywhere and everywhere, so <laughs> eating a piece of toast <laughs> while on a walk is nothing. <laughs> I'm just yeah. saying, like, marmalade toast, I feel like, would be awful to like, eat. If it's, like, wrapped in a napkin, like a breakfast sandwich. Like, you know how breakfast sandwiches are wrapped up? We have the technology to walk with marmalade toast. With some as toast. As far as I'm aware, like, do wizards even really have paper? Because, like, they write things on parchment, oh. which is animal skin. I bet they have cloth napkins and the children just throw them wherever they want to. <laughs> that, sounds come right. yeah, yeah. that sounds right. <sighs> well, it's good for the environment. That's true. He literally throws a piece of toast into the lake at the <laughs> end know. of this conversation. And the giant squid just like eats it. I know. I do love the giant squid. I love that. The giant how, squid loves marmalade. Yes. Like, I love how much the giant squid is incorporated into this book because I tend to, the fourth, like, book and the fifth are, are not my favorites. Um, so yeah. I do um, appreciate a bit of fun. And I feel like the giant mm-hmm. squid brings the fun. So, like, when Colin Creevy's brother falls in and the, he's like, I got yeah. picked up by the giant squid. <laughs> It is hard that both of those books are so long and so upsetting the whole time. So, like, what good thing happens in them? Like, everyone is mad all the time. Yeah, no, and it ends in death. Death. (laughs) For now, though, Harry's relieved um, because Hermione, like, believes him that he didn't enter it himself. She agrees with Moody that a student couldn't have done it logically. Um, They're talking about Ron, and then Hermione also insists that he writes a series about just... All of this. All of this mess. Harry's really reticent once again to write to Sirius. Yeah. And like... Like, you just don't have more decision-making agency than this adult man. You you right. just don't. Yeah. Like, I understand that he's an escaped convict, but he is, to his credit, a magical escaped convict. <laughs> and like... Right. Wizards don't seem to be great. Like, they don't have the internet. Do you know how hard it was to find yeah. people before the internet? Somehow owls can just find people, though. Like, that's always amazed me is, like, yeah, they just know. Okay. Ministry of Magic, send Sirius Black an owl and follow (laughs) it. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yep. Solved. I just fixed it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, it just goes back to Harry's Gryffindor nature. He's like, I have to protect the people I love. And it's like, you're, but you're being a huge dumbass about it. (laughs) <laughs> yes and like thank god Hermione steps in and is like Harry you can't keep using Hedwig she's literally a spark in the dark here like she's a white snow owl you gotta <laughs> yeah. use a regular plain barn owl and then Hedwig gets all mad at Harry too and that's why I'm like no one is happy everyone's just mad it's all bad. the time <laughs> but like so we go to the owlery and we get diva Hedwig which <laughs> I love her okay it's these moments I say she reminds me of my cat Penny and it's these moments <laughs> yeah but, like, I love how much, like, weird personality Hedwig gets in this book. Because, like, yeah, Hedwig's does, always yeah. been there. But this is the first book where she gets a personality. 
Right. At most before she's like nipped him affectionately or yeah. nipped him grumpily. And mm-hmm. that's pretty much it. But now now they're like she's fighting with him. She's, she's fighting. Like, she's pissed. Don't you come crawling back to me <laughs> just because. Oh, and now you don't even want to come crawling yep. back to me. Like, first of all, how dare you? Like, yep. <laughs> you, I, you can go sleep on the couch. I'm going up here. I can't even see you anymore. There's a line right about her looking like in the opposite direction yeah. of him or something. Like, like she faces away. Okay, my cat Penny, my 10-year-old fat ginger cat Penny, when she's done with you, she goes and sits and looks at the wall because she would rather look at the wall than your dumb bitch face. Oh, my God. Yeah, that sounds like what Hedwig did in this episode, for sure. I just, I love it so much, so much. So after this, we get the absolute worst fall to winter school montage ever. Um, everyone's fucking mad. They're so mad. The Hufflepuffs are mad yep. because Harry is stealing Cedric's glory. Even Sprout is being kind of shitty and you kind of can't blame her. Yeah. In Care of Magical Creatures, Malfoy is, of uh, course, being like extremely shitty. Malfoy's being Malfoy. Like, it's it's just what is expected of him. Like, yeah. That I poor boy. so so desperately want a video of this scene of the students caring for the blast-ended scroots. Oh my god, it could be so funny. So Because Hagrid makes them walk them. On a leash. He makes them walk them on a leash that is tied around their middle. (laughs) And basically, Harry looks out on this field of students trying to walk these things, and every so often they're just like, rocketing themselves forward <laughs> with their like cannon farts and the students are just being dragged along after them i know are you guys reading the illustrated editions no i have oh. not been are they in the illustrated edition i just pulled it up i thought there was an illustration of this being of this happening there definitely it's should actually, be it's actually an illustration of um, someone who appears to be Dean Thomas sp- in a full <laughs> tilt sprint running away from one. So it's similar uh, but different. Oh, my God. Yeah, no. I feel like, um, especially in the movies, like, the magical creatures did not get their time. They're, they did not get their 15 minutes of fame. Because, yeah, they, they, like, completely left them out of the movies. And I was like, this would have been good comic relief for sure. They literally were like, can't animate that shit. Yeah. No. There's no. not a CGI budget robust enough in this world. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we can make dragons, but we can't make flaccid <laughs> screws. Not the at dragons that time. are integral. Not they at that time. They made the dragons. Okay, but I think that it's, it. like, everyone knows what, like, a dragon looks like. You can make a dragon, but, yeah. like, a scroot needed a design. Like, what is a scroot? It's not really clear from the text i was never as a kid able to envision them and now that i have these really nice illustrations of them i still am like it is a scary lump of like legs and and carapace they have legs i thought they were like worms see exactly exactly (laughs) i feel like they have to have legs because they have a stinger oh they do have legs yeah Yeah, i'm like i googled it oh they're like scorpions almost okay okay yeah Wow, they are ugly. They're fucking nightmarish. They are ugly motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, they're really serious. Um, wait, why were we talking? Oh, because they're walking them in class. Yes. Yeah, um, the fact that when Hagrid's like, you need to take them for a walk, you're going to put them on a leash. And like Malfoy, who I'm not usually on the side of, does in fact have the correct response where he's just like, 
Where exactly are we supposed to fix the leash? Around the sting, <laughs> the blasting end, or the sucker? And, like, based yeah. on that description, what are you looking at? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. I definitely would have been like, um, can you please do an example, Scroot? <laughs> oh. Just show us how it's done. I just sent you guys, like, a nightmarish picture of Dean Thomas oh, running, from, running from a Scroot, and it is terrible there's like suckers <laughs> there's a tail there's way too many legs it looks and... like the predator yeah it does look yeah. like the predator i don't like all those sucky holes yeah there's too many things happening <laughs> i'm out it's true <laughs> yeah so they they use this um hagrid and harry use this as like an opportunity to chit chat um hagrid believes harry also that he didn't put his name in the goblet of fire so the only people who believe harry and are worried about him um are hagrid and hermione because the last chapter had like dumbledore and all those people being being shitty about this and being like you have to do this you don't get to talk you don't have any free will which is just so hermione are the only ones it's It's so stupid. Last book, you wouldn't let him go into the village because he didn't have a permission permission form. And now you're making him Uh, take part in like a life or death contest against his will. Also, no one one thought to be like, hey, here, do you want to take this truth serum potion that we use in the next book all the time for no good reason. You know the, the one that this <laughs> teacher has already been threatening you with? Yes, like just use it to be like, yeah, I didn't put my name in. And then everyone would believe him and he could not compete. Yeah. But then we wouldn't have the book. So I guess, <laughs> I guess that wouldn't work. But It's true. Yeah, there's just a lot of loopholes here that I'm like, mm. So many. Harry in this section says that this is like as bad. It's actually worse than last year when people thought that or no, it's worse than Chamber of Secrets. Yeah. Chamber of Secrets. Yeah, when, when people they, thought that he was like attacking students and murdering like, children. What? <laughs> what a fourteen-year-old dramatic ass bitch to literally be like, "This is worse than when everyone thought I was a violent eugenicist." <laughs> right. Quote: The next few days were some of Harry's worst at Hogwarts. Oh yeah. and like, I guess it's different it's different it's different and he says this actually it's different because of ron yeah ron yeah is the he difference. doesn't have ron and he even says like and i do think it's cute he's like hermione is great and i love her but i ron is my person like ron is who i talk to and i do i, f- yeah. I feel that yeah yeah so not being able to talk to your best friend it's it sucks like i guess i get it but also like come on dude like you've been visual like you've been attacked physically by Voldemort like twice now at Hogwarts. Right. You've almost gotten soul sucked by Dementors. <laughs> You've fallen like a hundred feet from heights. your broom. You had to regrow right. all of your arm bones. There's so many things that have occurred to you at this school. And the worst thing that's ever happened to you is people being a little bit mad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well I think they're pretty mad. I mean they made pins. <laughs> they made pins, Brooke, that said Harry Potter sucks. They so made oh, just pins. Potter sucks. Sorry, it's just Potter sucks. And just shout out to whoever <laughs> that kid is with the pin but the button machine. The button um, machine. <laughs> <laughs> um Yeah, so like Harry's super distracted. There's no guidance counselor for him to go like talk to and talk about his feelings. So he just starts like sucking at school and being (laughs) shitty and distracted all the time. Harry is also a big dumb jock in this scene Mm -hmm. because he's processing everything 
based on who he has beaten or not beaten in Quidditch. It's true. Oh my god, that's yeah. so true. He's like, well, I he they don't like me because I beat them in Quidditch. Yeah, but they like me because he beat me in Quidditch. You know, yeah, it's like, dude, right. it, like it's dude, more nuanced than that. There's more no things one cares. than Quidditch, Harry. <laughs> Literally, no one cares about your Quidditch schedule at this point. Yeah. I think I think that the people that he's worried about right now. Are the like I think Cedric Diggory like does care, and I think like yeah. he's starting to think a little bit about Cho Chang. I think yep. Cho Chang like does care. It's like oh, the yeah. people he's really focused. You know why? It's because they're all three dumb fucking jocks. They just <laughs> go off have a thruple. Why you gotta fight like this? Just go play Quidditch together. Yeah, Harry is too awkward to be in a thruple. It's so absolutely. True. It's so true. Absolutely, that is true. <laughs> maybe book seven, Harry could handle it. He grows mm, up a little bit. Yeah, maybe. Mm, no, <laughs> no. Harry Potter to his dying day had sex and missionary with the lights off. I stand oh. by that. <laughs> but you know oh. who I think would do great in a thruple, like really thrive, Daniel Radcliffe. The oh, person. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yes, I would date Daniel Radcliffe. I think my husband would date him too. I mean, yes, I do like him. I actually. One time went to a Broadway show just because he was in it. It was how to succeed cool. in business without really trying. Like, did I care about the show? Yeah, kind of. But like, was I would it, did I go because it was Daniel Radcliffe? Him. Yes, I did. Yeah. I took a five awesome. hour bus ride there and back just to see. <laughs> was it a good show? It was good. No, it was great. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, he was good. really good. So, but no, I agree. <laughs> Daniel Radcliffe is, is uh, seems like a cool dude. So. Cool dude. Thruple material. Thruple material. Maybe not the best actor in Goblet of Fire. He becomes much better. I think th- I think it really culminates in like book five when he gets to just be like mad all the time. Yeah. That's that's like a fun fun role to act in. But for now it's a little too nuanced. So Harry and Hermione go down to potions. Um, Ron's ignoring Harry. It's very stupid and awkward. Everyone's wearing these badges, these support Hedrick Diggory's mm. the der- support Cedric Diggory, the real Hogwarts champion, and then when you press them, they say, Potter stinks. Rude. <laughs> so they start, like, Malfoy's there, it's double potions with the Slytherins, and, like, blah, blah, blah. Malfoy calls Hermione a mudblood. Mm. He calls her a mudblood. He cannot fucking let it go. No. Right. I do, okay, so, I mean, this might be controversial, but I have a real soft spot for Draco, and I feel bad for him. Like, yeah, he's a shitty kid, but that all comes yeah. from his home life. Like, kids aren't born shitty. It's definitely shitty. like an example of the. Yeah, it's like it exactly. He was yeah. like trained to be this way. He he's was been trained to be horrible. And like, I am glad to see like at the end of the series, like he makes it out of it. But like, yeah, like he's a complete asshole and just feeds off this chaos of. Like picking on Hermione and everything, but I do, I don't, I don't know. There are points where I, I feel bad for him. So he mm-hmm. was raised to believe he was biologically superior. Yeah, he was not raised to hunt down a button making machine in the midst of Hogwarts. <laughs> do we know that he made the buttons? He definitely is. I think maybe. What do you call the? Uh, what do you call? He's the supplier. He's an instigator Wait, what do you for call sure. The person who? What do you call the person who gives the money for the thing? Oh, uh, patron. Yeah, patron. I, That's not the like word. Investor, yeah. benefactor, benefactor. Um, 
Yeah. He's the money of this operation, even if he's not the one who had the idea. Yeah. He's the venture capitalist that has yes. seen the gap in the market in which <laughs> yep. Potter Stink's buttons are just he's thriving. A, he's an entrepreneur, you know? <laughs> he is, yeah, yeah. Do you think they're giving them out for free? Or do you think he's having people like pay him a little bit for them? I think the they're sad free. Thing, the sad thing would be if, you know... Hermione's been trying to get people to um, like sign up for Spew and like donate. Oh, it would be God, sad yeah. if like o- overnight everyone these paid for these shitty buttons. badges. Yeah, made like eighteen times as much money as she makes in her whole year, and <laughs> so weird. And it just sits there. Hermione also made Spew badges. Yeah. So there's like a arts and crafts room at Hogwarts. <laughs> okay, we've talked before about the kid with the button maker and the side hustle, but I actually prefer the a craft room. room theory. Oh, the craft room theory. Craft yeah. room theory. Yeah, Maybe I it's like the room of the requirement. Room. It just turns into a craft room when people need to make buttons. <laughs> I love that so much. People also make posters and stuff yeah, um, it's for true. Quidditch matches. That's true. So, there's like mounting evidence that Hogwarts has a crafts room somewhere. Yes. I mean, yeah. New head cannon. <laughs> Somebody draw me the Hogwarts craft room. We'll put it on our website. We'll put it on our socials. <laughs> so, uh, okay. Uh, Malfoy calls her my name Mudblood. Malfoy pulls, uh, no, Harry pulls his wand. Um, and then Malfoy pulls his wand. And then they shoot each other at the same time. They were just always flirting, you know what I mean? Like, just, <laughs> boys, stop it. Yeah. The spells hit each other in midair and ricochet. Do we see this happening elsewhere? Like, do spells ricochet like this? Yeah, I think they can hit off of other things. I think it depends on what it is, but I think this has happened before. Okay. I'm trying to think if we saw that at the dueling club at all. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't think we did. I think we saw Lockhart being really bad at magic and like yeah. <laughs> not defending himself good enough. I mean, the most like notable example of this is Harry and Voldemort's wands kind of like headlocking. Oh yeah, but that's because they share yeah. a core. They, yeah, it's because they, they cross the, the streams. Yeah. That's Priory and Cantatum. That's our 420 episode this year. Ooh. So get ready. So Harry's spell hits Goyle, who, like, erupts out and boils. Yeah. Goyle, boil. Okay. Yeah, ha, ha. Love it. Um, Malfoy's spell hits Hermione. Hermione, <laughs> she's been jinxed. So her Ooh. teeth start growing very quickly. Her, like, two front teeth. And she's already, like, self-conscious about the size of her teeth. Like, that's the sad yeah. part. Is I'm like, oh, girl. Right. <laughs> It would be like if someone made my, like, bingo wings grow very fast right. and, like, my arm, my underarm fast. Just like, no, that's the thing that I hoped you wouldn't notice. Yep. <laughs> nope, we're going to make it ten times bigger. <laughs> we do get, like, a really lovely moment here, though, where Ron sees Hermione get hit and immediately runs to her side. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like... It's cute. It's super cute. You forget, like... You forget sometimes that there's, like, actually a lot of genuine, careful relationship building between these two characters. Yeah. yeah. It's not just, like, out of nowhere that they're, like, friends and they're friends and they're friends and they're kissing. Like, you know what right. I mean? It's completely true. Um, I think this is also a really good example of how absolutely ride or die the entire Weasley family is. I, th- I think yeah. any other Weasley would have done the exact yep. same thing. I agree. 
including, I think, the parents. Like, they all yeah. would have risen to this moment. They're all very loyal. Like, they are loyal right. to the core. I yes. mean, except for Ron right now, fierce. who's being a little bitch to Harry. But well, he, he, his emotional his feelings are hurt. has a ways to go. Yeah, yeah his, his feelings are But generally, are like, yeah, they are very kind people and very loyal. The other thing that comes up in this scene is, like, Hermione obviously is freaking out and Snape comes over and makes a comment that pisses me off to the core. It boils my blood that he's like... It's really bad. I don't see a difference in her, the yeah. size of her teeth. Like, what an asshole Which are, like, actively growing. Yeah, it's like, and they're causing her pain. Yeah, all right. Yeah. I don't know how people feel about Snape, because some people like him and some people don't, but I do not. On this on this very podcast, on our podcast, there's other people who like Snape, but on I'm this out. very nope. episode, no. Where I think this is a hard no. Anyone yeah. who likes Snape hasn't read the books in a while. Yeah. Because this kind of shit is Happens all the time. And it happens all it the time. A grown like, ass adult child abuse. Abusive. Yeah. Yeah. You are a grown ass adult and like, and like, honestly, even one step further, like, he has this grudge against Harry and it's, it's absolutely not acceptable, but there is a literal explanation. But like, Hermione's just a good student who yeah. tries really hard and he's acting this way to her. Yeah. Who also was all an innocent bystander. Like, it's not like she was an active participant in this either. Yeah. So, she wasn't even part of this fight. Yeah. So how can anyone defend this guy? I don't think that there is a defense of this moment, especially because then he turns around and takes 50 points from Gryffindor yep. and gives Ron inexplicably and Harry a week's worth of detention. Yep. It's true. It's almost like the house cup thingy count point counter sand uh, grain yeah thanks yes um definitely should, some of those words i feel like they should be able to just like bounce things that are obviously incorrect yeah you know right, what like I mean? magically reject like yeah the, uh, like like magically just reject, hatred. Like, petty anger yeah. yeah yeah absolutely i think that the reason ron gets detention is because ron and harry both start screaming at snape at the same time and oh, we, yeah. it is canon that ron swears when he's mad so i think he probably snape maybe didn't catch everything clearly but i think ron probably laid out some pretty serious <laughs> swears when he probably. was yelling at snape yeah they both get detentions and deducts the he deducts 50 points from gryffindor yeah um when we get to book six when we're really getting into some of the snape stuff we are going to do a bonus episode called snape good or bad and um brooke i need you to i have strong feelings <laughs> i have strong feelings on that so yeah I everyone will be... feels really strongly one way or the other like no one is no one's just like in the snape. middle Right. You yeah. can't put me up against Andrew. I'll make him cry I know. on air. I, I won't I won't do that, but like maybe if I can get like one other person on each side so it's like a little more balanced. There's someone to hold me back. <laughs> yes. How many people yeah, are I know pro Mary, Snape? Well, I'm I think Mary Peyton is like the only person I can think of who is like vocally pro Snape, but we'll find we'll we'll hunt we'll I'll suss him out. I'll okay. get, I'll put together a team. <laughs> So Harry's in, in potions for like five minutes. He's like, this sucks. Um, but then Colin Creevy rolls in. So real quick, though, speaking of Harry being a Griff Slytherin cusp, right? Uh -huh. 
He's just learned about the unforgivable curses, and one of his first thoughts is, man, I wish I could do one of them right now so I could just fuck Snape's day up. <laughs> I, I get it, but you're right that that's not a very Gryffindor way. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like, it's the difference between being mad at someone and being like, oh, I could kill them, and being mad at someone and being like, I could decapitate them and shit in their mouth. Like, there's a level of specificity to it that makes it too aggressive. <laughs> oh, my God. And it, like, um, it reminds me of how Mad-Eye Moody was like, you'll never be able to perform these spells on me because you have to really mean it. And I'm like, I believe a 14-year-old could mean it more than Absolutely. maybe even, like, an adult. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, pure anger is just stupid. running through their veins. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah, we forgot to mention that Hermione cried and ran away. Like, that Yeah, she cries and she, runs she's to the skipping hospital. Class cause, yeah, she's out. Um, so it's it's a bad it's a bad potions class. Ron's not Harry's sitting by himself. But yeah. luckily, Colin Creevy comes and he, he comes into the classroom and to save the day um, because Harry has been summoned by Ludo Bagman for photos and the weighing of the wands. The name of the chapter. Snape is like, well, leave your things here because I would like to poison you because they're testing antidotes. And then Colin's like, oh, sir, oh, I'm very sorry, but he has to bring his stuff. He specifically said you can't bring your stuff. And so Snape's like, get out of my sight, which, like, I do love that. I love a good get out of my sight line. Yes. God love Colin Creevy. That (laughs) that boy (laughs) just has so much spirit and spunk in him. Um, I do, too. I love Colin. In my notes, okay, so, like, what I do is I read the whole book, like, in one sitting, and I write all my notes for it, and then, like, I reread every chapter throughout, like, the recording yeah. of the season. Um, so, when I made these notes, I wrote, Colin is talking the whole walk, read the room in all capitals. But I, when I was reading it, so that was me six months ago, but when I was reading it today, I was like... Honestly, Harry has an opportunity to open up right now to, like, someone that he knows is on his team, but instead he's just shitty to him, like, always. Yeah, and, like, Colin absolutely has all the faith in the world in Harry and would believe him that he didn't put his name in. He's your number one fan for no reason. He's your number one fan, dude. Um, Be nice to him. Yeah, he's always shitty to poor Colin, like... Yeah, you don't have to, like, be his friend, but you have to be... be He's, like, actively shitty. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So Harry enters this small classroom where the rest of the champions are already gathered and uh, also Ludo Bagman and Rita fucking Skeeter. Can we talk Um, about Rita Skeeter for a hot minute here? Please. Okay. So how does Dumbledore allow her in the castle? Because wouldn't you think that him being the smart, intelligent, like best wizard of all time would be like, get the fuck out of my... Yeah, who can read minds? Get the fuck out of my castle and get another reporter? Like, Rita Skeeter was the only available reporter? That was it? Like, and no one knew she was an Animagus and could turn into a beetle? Like, again, how did this get past Dumbledore, which nothing gets past him? (laughs) Right. No, everything everything gets gets past past Dumbledore. Um, (laughs) But also, I think, like, it's two things. One, Rita Skeeter like most wizards, is all about the drama. And I yeah, think real, ne- real recognizes real a little bit on that one. Um, <laughs> but also, like, I don't know that Dumbledore has that much control over it. Like, I think he sees her as kind of harmless. It's like yeah. if someone was sending Perez Hilton to cover an event and you're like, this is going to be inaccurate reporting, but it's not going to be bad enough that I'm going to be like, get the fuck out of here. 
Right. Mm-hmm. He even mentions in this chapter, he's like, you called me an absolute, an obsolete dingbat. And um, he <laughs> says it like very mildly and pleasantly. He's like, I really liked that uh, piece you wrote about me. And she's like, well, just tell you like it is. Because I think also he's the kind of guy who like genuinely gets amused by that kind of stuff. Yeah, but, that's like, true. That doesn't mean that the children at your school will be amused by like that kind of inaccurate yeah. reporting. Yeah. I don't know. Rita Skeeter just makes me angry. I'm like, how did you get this job? But, like, honestly, when Dumbledore does take her on, it's, like, a full read. Like, if Dumbledore was ever to be proven gay, it's the fact that he comes in and immediately fully reads Rita Skeeter, where he's like, you're enchantingly nasty. And then... um, It is like that. And then he was like, I will be delighted to hear the reasoning behind your rudest read, Rita, but I'm afraid we have to discuss the matter later. (laughs) You know what I mean? He's just like... It's true. Oh, it's you. Cute. You're a slimy little bitch. And she's like, <laughs> right back at you. And he's like, you're fresh. Let's go. Well, the way, okay, so I wanted to talk about how Rita Skeeter is transcoded, but the way that you just presented that, now I'm like, is she drag queen coded? Oh. Like, you know, like, because I do like that. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like a drag queen name, honestly. It yes. does. Rita yeah. Skeeter? Yeah, yeah, wait. So so I read this originally as very transphobic, and knowing what we know, I'm sure it is. But I I vastly prefer this interpretation that Rita Skeeter is a known drag queen and also a reporter. You know what I mean? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, her and Dumbledore have a history. I definitely dislike her less now. Adding to that interpretation, um, it's a really underappreciated detail of Rita Skeeter that she has three gold teeth. Yes, yes. <laughs> I hoped you were going to say that when you said the beginning of that sentence. Also, 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 the fact that when she takes out her quick quits quill, she is described as sucking the head with relish. <laughs> There's a couple innuendo. So, okay, so that's an innuendo for sure. There's also an innuendo later where, and like... I don't think I'm reading too much into this. Where Cedric Diggory Cedric is like, polishes so, his wand. He oh is yeah, like very. He's very pleased to share that he just polished his wand last night. He's yep. like, he's like a little extra delighted about it, and it's like, <laughs> bruh, we know you mean you masturbated. You don't have to. That's not what this meeting is about. Uh, I caught both of those, and I was like, this is actually really fun. <laughs> These like weird little moments of like, oh, I guess. Harry Potter's sexy now. <laughs> Along with um Rita Rita Skeet her. <laughs> so she requests a private interview with Harry. Here's the thing. I I have the same problem with Harry that I have with some of my like more introverted friends where it's like how how do you keep getting into these situations? Like how can you not just be like no? Like, he doesn't even answer her. He just says, uh, and gets yep. dragged away. It reminds me of when Haley went to the liquor store to buy Fireball before, like, our Valentine's Day, like, friends hangout. And she, like, showed up all, ha- all like, harassed looking with, like, a Valentine heart full of uh, Fireball shot, like, airplane bottles. And she was like, <laughs> they upsold me. Like, I couldn't say no. Oh, so now we have all this Fireball. <laughs> that would happen to Harry. Absolutely, that would happen to Harry. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't know how he gets himself into the... It's not even that he gets himself into the situations. He just can't get himself out of any situation. Yeah. Just be like, 
I don't think that I should leave. Like, I was summoned to this room. I think I should wait here. It's like, you don't even have to, like, come up with, like, a crazy excuse. No. She pushes him into a broom closet. Yeah. Yes. And says, this and should the- feel like home to you. That's that's a that's movie in the movie. Memory. It's in the movie. Yeah, it's a, it's a great line. She's like, "You'll feel right at home." I love that line. Yeah, not in the books though. Not in the books. In yeah. the books, she's like, "It's fine. Yeah. Um, don't worry oh. about it." Okay, so we have a real serious discussion to have okay. right now. How does a quick quotes quill work? Does it mind meld with her? I don't know, man. For for sure, it is unethical. That's yeah. kind of that's I got that much. Because, like, she'll, she says, like, the test line, and the test line is literally, like, my name is Rita Skeeter, daily profit reporter, and the quick quotes quill goes with attractive blonde Rita Skeeter, 43, whose savage <laughs> quill has punctured many inflated reputations. So it's, like, it's not even close. No. So I, but I don't want to give Rita Skeeter the credit for being like that was a good for being line, that witty you know like yeah, yeah like I don't want to give her that credit so like I almost think that it's like an extrapolator it's like extrapolating more meaning than there is from the conversation in that case that technology is like amazing Wild. yeah because imagine being an author in this universe where you can just like suck on a quill um <laughs> and then like literally just be like one day, Susie awoke to find her town was on fire, and the quill's like, one morn, Susie, ope her eyes. And you're like, okay, cool, good, we're good, we're good. Like, you know <laughs> oh, my what I mean? God. Or does wow. it, like, take on the personality of whoever sucks on it? Yeah, I wonder if you have to, like, program it in some yeah. way. Because I my writing style is very different from Rita Skeeter's. Mm-hmm. Hmm, like I, I always assumed that the act of like sucking on it before it goes, and I know I'm really harping on that, but that is unfortunately how this quill works. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, she gives it some of her like DNA, and it understands how she writes. Yeah, I mean, I maybe. always thought of it as like a literalization of taking the words out of your mouth. You know? What I mean? oh, oh my god. Okay, well that's it. Now that's how it works. Yeah, but she's not saying those words. Yeah, my, maybe well, my brain don't work no good, but like. <laughs> I can't no, be no. saying something to someone <laughs> and be thinking a totally cogent other <sighs> sentence. That's why I don't think it, it's her. I think a lot of the agency is with the pen. Okay. Yeah. The quill. Sorry. The pen quill. is too high tech for this universe. So, so do you think you can go pick out different writing styles of quill? <gasps> that oh, would be that so would be cool. so fun. Yes. Like, I would but, love to be able to do, like, because I, I just got done with grad school and the idea of being able to, like, pick up a quill that's, like, scholarly voice quill, yes. and you can just, like, think your paper, and it, like, does yep. your citations and shit for you would be Oh, that would dope. be so nice. Oh, well, my God. Right? That's, that's the kind of thing where it's, like, how do they make sure students aren't writing their essays with this? How do they make sure authors haven't written their books with this? Like, where is the accountability? I think they're banned. Self-writing quills are banned at Hogwarts, if I recall. Like, there's a difference between self-writing quill and the quick quote. Quick quotes quill. That is a tongue twister. <laughs> Unless a quick quotes quill is a type of self-writing quill. I think I lean to that. I yeah. I think I lean to that interpretation. Yeah. Yeah. Because at one point okay. in the books, they do say, like, you're not allowed self-writing quills or something. Right. I think it's in the OWLS. Yeah. I can't yeah, believe yeah. I just spelled that. I can't believe I just spelled that. <laughs> like, it's owls. <laughs> um, okay. Fuck Rita Skeeter. She does, she's like, 
do you mind if I use this quill? She doesn't explain what it nope. is. That That's what makes informed consent, right? Is explaining what it is and having someone say, yes, I can consent to that. She doesn't get consent. She doesn't inform him. He has, doesn't know what's going on. And then nothing is more 14-year-old boy <laughs> than the fact that the thing that finally propels Harry to oust himself from this terrible situation <laughs> is the fact that the quick quotes quill is writing that he has tears in his eyes and he's I'm not crying. I'm not yeah. crying. I'm not crying yep. right now. I'm not even kind of crying right now. Yeah. This is just such a stupid, funny scene. Like, like the quill is writing really ridiculous things yeah. about him. She's like, Hey, how did you enter the tournament? And he's like, I didn't enter the tournament. And she's like, Ra- Raiders love a bad boy, Harry. Like, tell me how you broke the rules. And he's like, no, really? I didn't break the rules. And then she's like, are you nervous because people die doing this? And he's like, what? I don't even know. He's not even answering. No. She does, clearly doesn't care for actual answers. She just wants to be able to say that she literally interviewed this person. Yep. And all her notes are just extrapol- extrapolated from, like, the extremely pointed way she's asking the questions. It's just like, what is even happening here? Like, Harry's not yeah. even a part of this. So Dumbledore rescues Harry at last. Um, we get a, a nice shot of uh, Rita Skeeter's manish hands <laughs> i'm just it is my comp- like my absolute headcanon now that rita skeeter is a drag queen and, yeah. and like i i fully love that and she's just in it for the drama at this point which i yeah. can appreciate penciled in eyebrows two inch long nails oh yeah <laughs> she has like a wild wardrobe too doesn't she like yeah, yeah it's a uh, it's pretty serious i like all the uh, the, she's wearing pink, right? Magenta robes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. She has an alligator skin that. bag. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Rita Skeeter is for sure. Drag. And gold teeth. And three gold <laughs> and th- teeth. Three gold teeth. Uh, and like the crazy thing is that Harry can see all three of them, so that means they're up front. You know, like they're <laughs> yeah. front and center. <laughs> they're close together. <laughs> I'm um, going to assume two like vampire gold teeth on either side, and then one front goldie boy. <laughs> nice. I do like that. Yeah, so um, Rita Skeeter and Dumbledore have their little back and forth, and then Harry literally runs for his life back to the classroom, where they are going to start the weighing of the wands now. A very unexciting thing. I was so disappointed, because I... Originally, they were like, yeah, they brought in a wand expert to make sure that your wands are in good working order. And I was like, oh, fuck, yeah, another job. I wonder if this is ministry or entrepreneurial. And nope, it's just Mr. Ollivander again. Yep. <laughs> it is. Yep. Um, Britain is quite small. <laughs> so Ollivander is here. Um, he checks. Surely there must be at least two. <laughs> well, no. Maybe there's like a, an at home one, like a <laughs> farmer's market wand maker. A farmer's market wand maker. <laughs> well. I mean, apparently you can have wand requests made because we find out that Fleur's wand is made from a strand of her own grandmother's hair, grandmother's Vila hair, which is so fucking dope. Like, I can't think of a cooler thing to have in your wand. Yeah, it's very cool. It's also like a family heirloom, too. It's like Mm -hmm. a heirloom, perhaps. A heirloom. I like it. Yeah, she's like, is my grandmother's hair? She's Avila. And then Harry's like, so she is Avila. I can't wait to tell her. Ro- oh. oh, no, we're fighting. <laughs> <laughs> like, just go fix it, Harry. Like, just, just go walk tell right wrong. up and say, hey, man, I don't want to fight anymore. Yeah. You don't even. That's a trick. That's a trick when you don't want to apologize. You could talk yourself up into it by starting with, 
I don't want to fight anymore, yeah. right? And then it's like, all right, throughout the con- like, get a couple lines in, and then you can work up to saying, I'm sorry, if it's hard for you to say sorry. Yeah. Not that I have that problem or ever <laughs> had that problem. I'll pass that along to Michael. <laughs> okay, so Cedric goes next. <laughs> Ollivander's like, yeah, I made this wand. Okay, and then we get Cedric's little brag that he polished his wand. <sighs> Which... Like, even if it's not an innuendo, this is literally the first time in the entire series that we've heard of anyone doing any type of wand maintenance. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah, like, Harry prunes his broomstick all the freaking time. Oh, yeah. That's different. He cares about his broom. <laughs> he doesn't give a I'm shit just about like, his wand. You would I mean, think really. that since this is a magical school, they would have, like, an intro class where they're like, hey, this is your, your wand. wand. Here's how you care for it. Yeah. You yeah. know how you're like your nice butcher blocks and like if you have like a wood and like mortar and pestle stuff like that you have to like occasionally like oil it mm-hmm. or like wax it. I think that you would have to do that to a wand if you're like if it's everywhere all the time you'd have to get yeah. do some maintenance. You'd have to. I do mean, it makes sense, but like, have yeah. we ever heard of a character doing that or mentioning no, that no. that needs to be done? Literally, no, no, as no. soon as Cedric brings it up, Harry literally looks at his wand and is like, "Fuck." I was supposed to be yeah. doing anything to maintain this. Yeah, he, he it's he's like I have fingerprints all over it. Let me try and wipe them off real quick. Right, and he makes sparks and, and yeah. who, someone glares at him. I love that. Fleur glares at him it's, because we're yeah. going on a wand polishing gag, right? Let's assume this is a full innuendo. <laughs> Harry hears about another boy polishing his wand, immediately mm-hmm. goes to polishing his wand because he's been gripping it too hard because there are fingerprints all over it. It shoots out sparks and the only girl in the room gives him a withering look. <laughs> <laughs> I have never thought okay. of it like that, but... <laughs> yeah, got it. That's what we're here for. <laughs> The dick jokes. So, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the wands are fine. We we get a reminder that Harry's wand is, is like, connected to Voldemort's wand. I got mad reading this because I was like, no, 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 fucking no. We are halfway through this goddamn book. You are not going to give us a flashback interlude <laughs> no. about how Harry was a very special boy at this point in time. And yet... <laughs> We are so far into this book. We should be past this. Uh, I yeah. barely accepted in the first two this chapters. This whole book just drags on forever. They have three tasks. It really and it, does. It takes like 500 pages to do three things. It's true. <laughs> I love this book a lot, but reading it at this pace has shed a new light on it. <laughs> what I want to know, we mentioned that Fleur Delacour's wand perhaps was custom made with her grandmother's hair in it, right? That seems probably like what happened. How did Tom Riddle and Harry Potter, 50 years apart, end up with wands with Dumbledore's birds feathers (laughs) in it? Like what? It's never explained, does it? Why did he volunteer those feathers? Yeah. Is Dumbledore just like a phoenix feather provider? Maybe. Because if you're phoenix, I mean, if you have a phoenix, like you, that's an forever source of phoenix feathers because they yeah. just keep falling but off. But there's they only two. Fox reborn. only gives two feathers because Ollivander so says that at why? the beginning. Why the fuck would you take two? Like, what the fuck <laughs> is that about? Why not take all of them? Yeah, I, think, I have no idea. I don't think they fall out. I think the intent is that it, the phoenix has to give you the feather. Oh, uh, that what? would make sense. Why? That doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't Oh, I'm like, sense. that makes sense. <laughs> <It> <laughs> Wait, has, why does it make sense? I think the phoenix has agency. 
What? Okay. Oh. Okay. Okay. Here's my actual. Here's my actual <laughs> explanation, and okay. you're not gonna like it, but I'm gonna try. Okay. Oh. Okay. All right. Okay. The whole point of the thing that goes into the actual wand is that it is a magical channel, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think there is an argument to be made that a feather that would fall off of a bird would not be alive enough or have a, like enough magical potency as opposed to plucking a feather that was not ready to like fall, that wasn't like mm. done or dead. Mm-hmm. The same way you have to pluck a unicorn tail Dragon heartstring? Maybe you have to do all the dragons still beating. That's why it's badass. Mm. Whoa. <laughs> Wait. Okay, I like this theory, but I'm going to look up other wand cores. Maybe dragon heartstring means something different. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a type of herb. <laughs> yeah. Unicorn, dragon, phoenix. Okay, that's the whole fuck. God, fuck the wizardingworld.com. I'm mad I ended up there by accident. <laughs> Okay, so that's all. The wands are fine. The wands are great. Um, okay, <laughs> Ollivander's like testing all of these wands by doing spells. Like somebody, he turns somebody, mm-hmm. makes like, he makes like birds come out of somebody's wand. But with Harry's, he, it says that he like produces a fountain of wine and then they just like carry on with the text. Where'd that fountain of wine go? Where'd is it go? There just a bottle of, is there a bottle of wine on the floor? Like I what's guess. up with that? Did you drink um- it? Also, we get the cheesiest parlor trick ever where Ollivander makes flowers, like a bouquet of flowers oh come out God. of the end of Flores Wand. <laughs> yes. I didn't even think about that, but you're right. That is so <laughs> cheesy. Abracafuckingdabra. <laughs> Careful, you could kill somebody. So after that, it's picture time, and the pictures take a long time, and it's a nightmare. Um, that's <laughs> kind of all I have to say about that. <laughs> and then finally, Harry escapes... And he goes down to eat dinner alone. And when he Sad. goes up to bed, Ron is there and Ron tells Harry that they're they're going to do their detentions the next night. And there's this letter from Sirius. And then he dips um, for Harry to read this letter. Um, Sirius insists that they need to speak face to face. So Harry needs to be alone in the Gryffindor common room at this specific date and time. Dun dun dun. Poor Harry, dude. I know. This chapter and the last chapter have been extremely stressful. He's truly just having the toughest time. And, like, there are moments where you're just, like, aggressively aware of the fact that he's a 14-year-old boy and it feels so much worse. Yeah. Right. Right. I have to remind myself that because when I'm, like, why don't you just decline the interview? Like, why don't you just tell Ron that you don't want to be fighting? Like, why don't you just refuse to participate? Like, I don't think I could have done those things when I was 15, like 14. Mm -mm. But, but from my perspective as an adult, I'm like, just say no. Yeah. Uh, But as a kid, like you're not like necessarily always taught. You can say no to things that adults are asking of you. Especially not Harry. He's been raised with the Dursleys. So like Like, he follows orders. Saying no is not an option. Yeah. Yeah. God. I don't know. I feel so bad for Harry. Yeah. He he definitely does. He has it rough. And like, I know we alluded to this earlier and we talked about it a little bit. How he said like, this is the worst time he's had at Hogwarts. And um maybe like to us it doesn't seem that bad but to him like when you're 14 like pretty much all you want is people to like you like your peers to like you and the fact that everyone is against him right now has to be so hard right and like as much as you like 
want Sirius to stay safe, right? You also really, I mean, at least I do. Yeah. I just really, really want someone to come and help that, va- like vouch for Harry. Yep. Like, come, like what's the word? Like, um, advocate for him. Yeah. Like somebody come, some adult come do anything about this, yeah. you know? All of this. Anything. It's Any, crazy that he's in a school where like bullying just runs rampant. Oh, and yeah. like you can't even do anything. Like the teachers yeah. don't care. Some nope. of them are on the bullies. side. I was going like, to say, the teachers are bullies sometimes. <laughs> it's just absolutely unbelievable. Yeah. Harry's, Harry's having a, a toughy time right now. Yeah. It's not surprising after this book that he grows into a very angsty 15-year-old. <laughs> it's true. Yes. Man, and the next chapter, it, like, it, that's the thing is, like, there's this tension that's escalating. Because the next chapter is, like, the Hungarian horntail. Yep. And yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. okay, this is as bad as it can possibly get. My anxiety <laughs> is at a 12 out of 10 because I have to fight yep. a dragon. But then after he does, it's, like, this great release. And you're like, okay, yeah. cool. Let's get into the plot of this book, finally. Like, let's yeah. do it. Is there anything that we missed in this chapter? Any themes you want to drive home? Anything you didn't get to say? A joke you wrote ahead of time? Okay, great. Good work, everyone. <laughs> I got through all of my comments. This I was going to say, I think Yay. I hit all of my points. Tina and the Brooks getting it done. That's our band name. Tina, Tina and the Brooks. And the Brooks. <laughs> Ooh, love it. My collection of Brooks. <laughs> um, let's move on to some plugs. I would love to start by plugging our Patreon. This month's bonus episode um, covered the Hogwarts School of Prayer and Miracles, which is a Christian f- fan fiction. Uh, that was an incredibly fun episode. Um, and you can get that through our Patreon for as little as a dollar a month, you can join our online community, which is a super fun place to be. So come check us out. You know where to find me on the internet. And um, I would love to plug Panic, Panic, Panic. What have I been reading? Mm, I don't remember. I'll just plug the same <laughs> book I've plugged like a thousand times because it's my favorite book I've read this year. The Seven and a Half Deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle by Stuart Turton. Check it out. It's so fucking good. So there. Brooke Bixler, would you like for people to find you on the internet or nah? Um, yeah, you can. Um, I have an Instagram. It's just, uh, it's actually Brooke underscore Ray. Um, so that would be the place to follow me. Um, yeah, as far as recommendations go, I actually, I've, I've read that book, Tina. It's, uh, it's a good one. Um, I just finished ride. A wild ride. Yeah. Um, I just finished Weave a Circle Round by Carrie uh, Marine. It was good. It was one I picked up at the beach that um, I didn't read until nice. just now. But it, oh. yeah, it was good. <laughs> they have Dungeons and Dragons in it. Um, it was the last book I finished. Cute. So Yeah, I love that. Um, yeah, so that was my last book for the year, probably. So That's awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you, um, Brooke. Oh, yes. Matherly. Thank you for having me on. Sorry, I guess I should have said that. This has been a blast. That's quite all right. I'll, I, I will thank you in just one moment. So just hold your little thank you, panky. For, okay. For just a minute. <laughs> 
Um, Brooke, where can people find you on the internet? What have you been up to lately? Yeah, I am Brooke Matherly. I've been Brooke Matherly, and I will continue to be Brooke Matherly. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Passion for Parks. You can find me on Twitter at Grumpy Brooke. Honestly, I think my tweets have been really improving in hilarity and quality le- recently. It's true. I've noticed that. They're <laughs> so, more than just your Instagram updates in text form, which sucks. <laughs> I hear you and I agree, but people <laughs> like those for whatever reason. I get it. But um, there's there's more than that now is what I'm saying. There is more than that now. It's I, I've been trying to tweet when I have thoughts that I like but don't want to just keep in my head. That's the trick. That's the trick to Twitter. If you're like, huh, that was kind of funny, but there's no one around to say it to. Tweet that <laughs> shit. Um, I would like to plug The Birds of Opulence by Crystal Wilkinson. I went on a quest recently to read kind of like alternative Appalachian literature just because it was something that I hadn't really done much of. Um, Birds of Opulence is about a primarily black community in the Appalachian Mountains, and it deals with women's mental health and women's sexuality and the way that that looks in both the rural South and in black communities. It's really, really fascinating. It's a short read. I highly recommend it. Um... It's not, like, necessarily a pleasant read. It's yeah, a little bit of a right. dark book. Um, but it's definitely worth it. So, highly recommend Birds of Opulence by Crystal Wilkinson. Nice. Thank you so much. Brooke Bixler, <laughs> thank you for coming on the show. It was thank a pleasure Thank you for to have having you. me. A pleasure to be here. <laughs> We've only ever talked about Dungeons and Dragons, so now we can add... Harry Potter to the list, maybe we can continue adding to that list. Yes, we absolutely (laughs) should. (laughs) And Brooke Matherly, thank you as always for being my trusty co-pilot. I'm here. It's true. That's literally all I ask of these people. (laughs) I'm bad at that sometimes, but I do manage eventually. (laughs) Well, last week you showed up when I wasn't expecting you, so it all balances out. (laughs) I tried real hard to be on the Hogwarts Prayer and Miracles episode for all of you listeners. But I did not, in fact, know that that's what we were doing and got booted off the episode promptly. Just a classic holiday season miscommunication. (laughs) All right, gang, I got to go finish reading Ethical Reporting of Events Involving Minors by Rita fucking Skeeter before this book commits slander. Bye. Bye. The Restricted section is honored to be a member of the Movie Night Crew Podcast Network, which features other excellent podcasts such as Of the Eldest Gods. Two friends question if Rick Reardon is truly their godly parent while rereading the books that changed their childhoods. From the Greeks to the Romans to the Egyptians to the Norse, Of the Eldest Gods lets them take their adult imaginations on a ride across the Percy Jackson series and beyond. If you're listening to this, you also ignored the warnings of reading the Percy Jackson books. Now that the monsters are after you, it'd be a good idea to come to Camp Half-Blood. But more importantly than that, you should listen to Of the Eldest Gods, a Rick Riordan read-along podcast. Join us as we talk about some semi-fucked-up history and mythology relating to each chapter. As we reread the original Percy Jackson series again while trying to stay spoiler-free. Or so help us, Zeus may curse the pod again. Episodes out every Thursday wherever you get your podcasts. The Restricted section was created by me, Christina Kahn, based on the book series by J.K. Rowling. All music by Ryan Kahn. Logo by Michael Hardison. Support us on patreon.com slash restricted section. 
For as little as a dollar a month, you can gain access to our Discord community server, which is a really happy place to be. And there are other rewards as well, such as bonus episodes and Zoom happy hour hangouts. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at RestrictedSectionPod, on Twitter at RestrictedPod, and on Facebook at RestrictedSectionPod. Also, feel free to shoot us an email at restrictedsectionpod at gmail.com to share your thoughts, feelings, complaints, conspiracy theories, or even lavish praise. Oh my god, there's another brook? That movie sucked. I kind of liked it. Movie Night Crew Network.